we're here, Jared, again. The Fest podcast. You know us from ND Country Fest, our mothership festival. It's Jared and Luke here at the Fest podcast. And we have guests. We have a studio audience. We are officially filming in front of a live studio audience. We got the guys from Light Jumper Digital Media Media Production. Light Jumper Media Production. Jacob and Trace. Woo! Thanks. They got all set up. They are. Yeah, it looks great. It this does. is going to be good. We look really professional. We probably should take a picture of how professional it looks. But we have an audience, so maybe we'll be way more funnier. Way funnier. Way funnier. I don't know I if don't you know. can pull that off here. My grammar's slowly deteriorating as it gets later. Let's sound check this sucker. Episode three. We're going to jump into Andy Country Fest uh, update, and as we always do, festival news. Then around the, the world, and it is very worldly this time. That one will be good. Yeah, it's pretty good. Then we slide into the headliner, which is you again. One. This is the last time, though. I think. I think. Three times a charm. Three times a charm. Then we're going to bring in Ralphie next. Ralphie week. comes in, and it's going to be the story is building. But then it's still more you. So slightly. Yeah, you and Ralphie together. Some people are like, "Hey," you know, I'm like, Enough. "Yeah, that's fine." It's, it might be time to bring in a guest artist. Yes, to talk to him. I agree. That's a good idea. Then Ralphie's top three. I like it. It's a good one. Is it going to be a good one? How do you I, know? I didn't tell you yet. I did tell you. you. Did tell me. Why did I do that? Because you we, always let the cat out of the bag early. have to talk about it or not. Hmm. Or you'll choose something stupid like bottled water. <laughs> Stop ruining episode four. Okay. <laughs> and then stage left, we're going to talk about getting out of here. We're going to talk about what we did last week. Again, Luke was Mr. Outdoors and I was... Mr. Stay at home and watch Netflix. So super <laughs> exciting. Mr. Around the home. Yeah, Mr. Sit in the pool and watch some Netflix. Tell them how they can find us, Jared. So you can find us on YouTube. Uh, the boys at Light Jumper did some editing and we've got a our first episode up. The second episode, we got about half of that that'll probably be coming, but then we had a little bit of camera issues and this episode will come up. Uh, we're thinking it'll drop on Friday, Saturday. Uh, so take a look for it. Uh, I looked at episode one on YouTube uh, when they did it and dropped it for us and it looked great. Like I love the little flashing and you looked amazing. I looked, you looked amazing. They polished me up quite well. I was like, thanks man. You're the one that needs polishing up. Getting old, right? Getting old and rusty. We're also on iTunes. So subscribe, rate and review, uh, whether that's on your phone, whether that's on your desktop, uh, go ahead and rate and review. We're on anchor. We're on Spotify and we're on Google podcasts. So go in and rate and review and subscribe to all those. Cause we need all of that and then share it with all of your friends. Wonderful. Hey, this is the time we're going to ND country fest update sponsored by and brought to you by Lee Jaworski with Alliance real estate. Find your keys with Lee, all right? Huge news at ND Country Fest uh, this week. It was amazing because our alumni discount was going through all through the week, and now it ended on Wednesday. And thank you, all of you who purchased early at that alumni discount, which was the cheapest possible price all year round. And it was an amazing turnout. So thank you all. It was great. A ton of people bought at the cheapest rate because that was a smart thing to do. Well, 100%. And then on the other end, Jared, uh, the, the times we live in, we didn't know how, you know, how the whole thing was going to react. But we have thousands and thousands of loyal fans, and we appreciate every single one of you. Like every said, single one. Like one I said you, last week. One of you. You forgot that one. I got to remember that one's there. I'm sitting here like <laughs> scratching my beard. It's a little itchy. But yes, thank you so much because it was a great, great week of that alumni discount and everybody, a lot of people took advantage of that. We had another bet. What did we bet on? 
I'm not sure, but you know what I'm going to tell you Was about? Was it the Dream Deck selling out next Dream week? Deck Gonzo. Did I lose again, so I owe you Gonzo. two lunches? Gonzo, you owe me lunch, probably Chinese. because oh, We're going to go to the Chinese place? Cra- craving that right now. Oh, my gosh. Because I don't know why. The last time we ate there, I fell asleep. <laughs> Dream Deck sold out completely. Um, we have a whole year now to plan some other things, so there's probably more experiences jumping out at you as the next uh, 12 to 11 months Dream unfold. Dream Deck 2? I don't know. Ooh, You'll have sexy. to stay tuned. Yeah. The, the turnout on that was obviously sold out in a week. I mean, that's, that's crazy. crazy. Everybody looked at that as being one of the best options you have. Well, and it's really cool. You're up and, and looking down. Up, looking down. Private bar. We don't need to sell it anymore. Shake it. Drink it. You're good. How many how, how many tickets were there? A lot. So all those people that bought, you all get the private bathroom and the air condition. All the people that didn't. You're screwed. Well, if you're a VIP, you do still get the air-conditioned bathrooms with right. all the other VIPers. But just if you're a Dream Decker, you get your own. Right. So you, didn't get, you don't get to go up top. Guess who didn't buy his VIP tickets again? You didn't because I checked. I know. Do you think you're going to actually get one this year? Yeah, I think it's a better gig if I wait until the very end. But you want to know what else on that update? Yep. It's almost sold out, too. So it's creeping to VIP weekend tickets. Are already almost selling out? They are flying, which wow. is great. How about the camping? Camping as well. Not many left whatsoever. So it was a great, unbelievable week of alumni discount when we back on sale. Alumni discount. Thousands took advantage of it. It was uh, it was great, and like I said, thank you to everybody who jumped on and took advantage of that. And huh. we're we have a great eleven months to plan for ND Country Fest twenty twenty one. Nice. How about yesterday's giveaway? Yeah, you know what we did on our Facebook. We ended up uh, we ended up giving away a great. Uh, <laughs> it's probably our largest camping package that we've ever given away on our Facebook on our Facebook page. It was like share like campaign, and. Uh, at the last time I looked at it, it was like 68,000 people. What? <laughs> reached you know? and went to. Are there even 68,000 people in North Dakota? Yes, there is. And uh, it was amazing. It was a huge, huge package. And if you want to see who won, you go to our Facebook our Facebook Live, which is every, thir- every Thursday, 1 p.m. Central on our Thirsty Thursday updates. And that's where we gave the name and of who won that package. So that's exciting. And they just went ballistic. We get to see a little bit of you and I. Yeah, once again. We figured out what you're na- making for your drink next week? I'm not quite sure. Yeah. But hey, there's still there's still chances to go and grab those tickets at ndcountryfest.com. Get the experience you want. There's there's some that are very thin on the tickets left. So make sure you get the experience you want for 2021. Jump on at ndcountryfest.com and hit buy tickets. And you know what, Jared? Let's hear more from Lee, our sponsor of ND Country Fest updates. All right. What sets me apart is I like to interact with my eight clients a little bit more maybe, just actually become more friends with them than just a client business relationship. I'd probably have to say it'd be Hoo Hut just because I like the food and my daughter absolutely loves it. I chose real estate because I like to help people and it's fun, it's exciting, it can be stressful, but it's always good to just find a solution to a problem. Jared. It's my t- it's my favorite segment. Hit it up. It's a fun one. I love this one. It's festival news from around the world. Right? And we find some good ones. Actually, I shouldn't say we because you, you-, you made me do it all. I thought it was uh, <laughs> I find one, you find one, but I had to do a little bit of quick research today. So you find one, I find one. All of a sudden came to, hey, Jared, can you find him? Right. And then let's talk about it. That's what happens when you're a big time festival promoter and an insurance guy running 
doing all sorts of crazy stuff, right? This is where I cut to and say, let's hear it. Let's hear it. <laughs> so first, what are we talking about? The first one is music. Uh, it's kind of hard again. Every time we look at festivals, the latest news is canceled or postponed to 2021. I don't want to hear it. All right. It just, we want to hear about good stuff. So this weekend and next weekend in Switzerland. Ooh, the, you reached out far. I went, it's, we said across the pond. The That's all we got. So okay. uh, they're doing a techno electron or electro music festival in Switzerland in the Alps. Hey, so that sounds awesome. It does. It's a Swiss Alps Lodge. It's in the Kranz Montana range. I could see like the red, the red, you know, woven jacket with the Swiss emblem on it and just hanging out. I can just see Swiss blondes and probably that probably that too (laughs) so but a little techno music however how they're getting around this is uh switzerland's only letting them have a thousand people uh per show each weekend so is it through the weekend or is it one show per weekend it's two shows each weekend and it's for it goes from this weekend and next weekend and it's techno it's techno that's cool electron i like that have you ever been in one of those boom boom yeah i have too and there's many of many bars that also do those type a little, of themes. A little raven. I love it. It's good. Times. I like it. I like the lights. I like the bumping or the the bass, the beats, all that. Do you imagine that though in the Swiss Alps and that just the view, just driving home? Yeah, you got the view. And I was talking about my outfit with the woven sweater, <laughs> and the red, and then the emblem on the back, and all that kind of stuff. Like. You're just, just hating, removing, right? Like, yeah. You're just hating the heat right now and want to wear a sweater. It's right? pretty hot out here. Right? So, <laughs> I would go. Would you go? Yeah, probably. Why not? Nice. Like, a thousand people. A thousand people. Uh, like, why not? Uh, I got to do something. Right? I would feel pretty comfortable. Yeah. It's, it's time. So, the Swiss, you, cheese? What do they have for food? Do they say anything about food? Uh, you know, I think the thing is a. Oh, Araka. Oh, geez. Araka lamb? No, it's this thing they put on bread. You guys know what I'm talking about? Oh, bruschetta. No, this is a thing. It, it a sandwich. Up, they heat up some bread. <laughs> it's like warm cheese. Hamburger. You know, well, Burgers? Hold on. No, you can't do that right in the middle here, Jared. Should I call the current Mrs. Bennett and ask nah, her? Nah, we'll have to skip that and we'll move find on. out. Anyways, whatever. I think it's it bruschetta is. or a hamburger. It's That's like a warmed up cheese. It goes over the bread. It's really oh, great. it's a fondue, man. Cheese fondue, kind of. Well, they hand it to you like a sandwich. Anyways, that's it's a probably Swiss a burger. <laughs> I don't think there's any meat in it. All right, so maybe it, we'll talk about cheese next week. Uh, next festival. God, what do you have? I don't have anything. You, you don't have do. anything. It's uh, on me. I am the uh, rebound on that. You're the rebound. So I'm the color on this. It's the color. Hit <laughs> it. It's the Carl Film. Carl's Jr. So it's a burger. It's not a Carl's Jr. Fest. It's the Carl Film Festival <laughs> oh, hey. in Sweden. So Really? Yeah. So the, uh, normally they have the film festival and the film festival uh, goes to the numerous uh, movie theaters and venues around. And so this time they started thinking about four or five months ago about how yeah. they could get around that. Uh, Sweden apparently is a big boating community. Boating? S- like boating, boat, like, like motorboat? Uh, yeah. Right? I guess. Wow. So big motorboat community. Right. So Sweden. they decided that they were going to have a boating festival. So they got a 870-foot LED screen. 870-foot uh, LED screen. Out in the uh, bay of this shipping or a fishing harbor. Whoa, whoa, whoa. 870 foot screen. 870 foot screen. 
So that's like pretty big. That's massive. It's a jumbotron. I could use one for my pool. Anybody out that there? Is, that is that is beyond ginormous. Yep. I had to even go check it because the first one was in uh, metrics and you know American. So eight hundred and seventy feet. Right. That's like jumbotron. It's like a big concert. That's like, like forty yards. Right. That's so yard. They, forty got yards a, long. They've, they've Anybody got a big, run a forty yard dash? Before? They've got a big film. The the harbor could fit a hundred boats, but because of COVID. They're only letting 50 boats of four people out out there. So four people on a boat right. per, and per. you can watch us. And it started earlier this week. The The Sweden Navy came in with a big boat. and really? um, With four people on it? No, I think they had more than four people. <laughs> but, you know, came in to start it off the opening ceremonies. Apparently, they've got divers in the water as security and uh, little oh, yeah, I boats suppose. running around making sure everybody's well-behaved. So that's pretty cool. You know what I like about all these, especially around the world, because we're obviously all all figuring this all out together, um, is that there's progress, right? There's progress. There's thoughts. There's creativity. Hey, how can we make this happen? What can we make? Uh, it's just, can we live stream it? Can we get people in? Let's uh, put it in a harbor and put them on boats. How awesome is we, that? Are we okay going from 10,000 people down to 1,000 people? How do we make this work? Is this a one-time deal? Well, so. and you look at that and you got to start somewhere, right? right? I've said that before and what a great, you know, start with a thousand and see how you implement certain things and see how it goes and right. see how people appreciate it and like it if they do or if they don't. And each venue has its own special, um, I guess like the, the Swiss Alps, it's going to have its own community that's going to want to go there and do those sorts of things. So. Oh, easily a thousand people easily. ND Country Fest 2021 is coming back stronger and better than ever with headliners Brantley Gilbert, Dustin Lynch, Little Texas, special guest Leroy Parnell, Diamond Rio, John Michael Montgomery With much more to come Plan now to attend Dakota's largest and nation's fastest growing country music and camping festival NDCountryFest.com July 8th through the 10th, 2021 at New Salem, North Dakota Sponsored by Coors Light, Action Motorsports, New Vision Security, Trans Trash, Smithworks, and American Family Insurance, DJ Coulter Agency we are going to fly into our headliner today, sponsored by Bruno's Pizza, $15.99, any large. Chase that flavor. You can order now at brunosnd.com. Nice. All right, so we're back to you. Back to me. I'm the headliner for episode three, Three Times a Charm. So I had a little feedback. I don't even know if it was feedback from last week's episode, but my wife rolled in after listening to it and started asking me questions. Wait, how did he become a head coach of Maria football team at 23? She was very curious. So it was a good five or 10 minutes going back and talking to her about what a defensive coordinator is, um, all those. So she found it very entertaining. It was captivating, huh? I thought so. I was pretty worried about that. I was a little too. And, you know, I thought it might lose some of our non-football fans but the current Mrs. Bennett seemed to really enjoy it. But it's so. all going to wrap together here. We got to start from the story, and it's all going to make sense as we move along. Right. Now we're getting to the more entrepreneurial Luke Schaefer. So you saw a need while you were at a 
a coach or an assistant coach or a graduate assistant coach. I just got done actually playing. Really? Mm-hmm. So you saw a need and we're looking around and there wasn't a lot of youth football camps. Well, that's where I grew up, Bismarck, Bismarck, North Dakota. And that's that's where I was, right? And then uh, going around the, around the country and knowing other players and all that kind of stuff uh, from where they all came from. And they're like, man, we started football when we were in third grade. We started going to camps when we were in second grade. Right. And there was nothing in that area or even... There actually wasn't even a high school football camp in my home city. Yeah. You know, and I'm not saying state. I'm saying in Bismarck. Right. You know? Growing up in Wyoming, we'd probably have to go to the University of Wyoming or BYU or Utah, I think, or one of those closer university campuses to actually get a, a high school sports camp or anything like that. You're exactly right. And that's what we had to do as well. But so on that being said, I was like, how can like the second most populated city in the state not have a football camp for high schoolers? So it started with high schoolers. Right. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to do this. Um, I'd known a couple other players that had done some before in their hometowns not in North Dakota, but it was Minnesota. And, uh, I believe it was Iowa. Right. And I'm like, talk to them. But I've also, I had worked a ton of you, uh, high school football camps to being a player, you right. know, especially at the college, obviously when you're there, you can obviously work, uh, the actually NDSU's football camp and help out. So, so you kind of knew how those worked. Well, I did that too. Cause I was a coach. I knew I wanted to be a coach. So I'm like, Hey, this is a good way to get some experience and, you know, run drills myself and, you know, interact with the kids and how are they going to react to me coaching and all that kind of stuff and teaching. So, um, that being said, said, Hey, Bismarck needs one. So when I was done playing in the fall in that January, I went back home to Bismarck on my break and I started out looking for sponsors. I started looking for sponsors going door to door. I said, Hey, I'm going to do this. It was, it's actually was called red zone football camp in Bismarck, North Dakota. And, uh, got a bunch of sponsors and they say, Hey, we think it's a great idea. And then I talked to all the, um, I talked to all the college coaches and saying, Hey, right. in the state and actually some in Montana and South Dakota and Minnesota say, Hey, I'm going to do this probably in June. Would you guys like to come and help coach or at least come and speak and be uh, a motivational speaker during the camp? Making appearance. Yep. Yeah. It was a three day high school football camp that we did. I actually went in the spring and traveled to almost, I think I did 50 some high schools and Wait, I went. Is this, So the, the, the hometown tour is sort of a knockoff of the original red zone football camp tour. When we get to that, that gets really, it gets really cool. I'll tell you that when that episode comes up, uh, it, it's more in depth. You're it's always not with that. the teasers. It was a little, what do you call it? Easter egg. Cause it's more than that in this segment. We'll have to ask Mr. Easter egg and see what he thinks. He doesn't know. Well, he does know, but okay. That's okay. So I went to about 50 high schools and talked to them about the football camp and that what we're doing. They're like, oh, that's great. And all that kind of stuff. And then the coaches that I actually had for it, um, long story short, the registration went through. We had 200 people, 200 kids sign up for it. How many did you think we're going to sign up? 50. (laughs) You know, you don't know. It's the first time you do it. And you're like, oh, is this going to work or not? And it did. And we had 200 kids there. And uh, the coaches that I had were actually players that I, um, that I played with and against high school and in college. So they had great, these were like all Americans and guys that I played with at whether they're D2 level or NAIA or division one, all that kind of stuff, brought them back. They all had their own positions and they coached the positions they played in college. And with that theme was, Hey, if, if you, if you knew what you knew now, when you're playing in college, teach these high school kids that, right. and they're like, Oh, golden. And it was, it was awesome. It was amazing. It lasted shoot. We did that. I think it was five, six years. And then it revolved into, um, Hey, youth. Well, all of a sudden we knew like, Hey, youth, there wasn't anything for youth camp kids for, for little kids. From, right. So I did one from third grade all the way to eighth grade and did that at my dad's field and walked her, walked her middle school field. A nice was connection great. there. So you oh, it was great. It. So. Yeah. Using it. And you know, it meant something special to me. 
And uh, even that three-day camp when we started, 300 little kids. Oh, really? 300 for three days. It was great. Well, based on your recent coaching experience last fall with the seven-on-sevens, I bet you would have made an amazing coach because <laughs> the preparation you took for the – how old's your son? He was in third, he was in third grade so last year. So the preparation you were doing for third-grade football was amazing because they were all <laughs> dialed in. And, but you made it fun. Well, that – you know what? I just – I like teaching and I like – well, I love football, right? That's my background. And like even in seven on seven where you could blitz, I was teaching them blitzing them on the backside and they're like, what's that? And it was just simple things like, you know, this is the quarterback's going to drop back this way. But We're going to come fun. from this way because he's not going to see you, you know, like, oh, get his flag. Ah, it was cool. All right. But that led into Jared knowing that when I was there doing those camps and then especially the youth camp there and talking to all my buddies and all my football coaching friends at that time that were around the country, I was like, the question that always came up to me was for them to me to them was like, Hey, what time, when do these kids start playing full contact football? And right. they're like, Oh, third grade, third grade. They're like third grade. And they, yeah, I had a buddy in Oklahoma. I had a buddy in California, a buddy in Kansas, all that stuff. And they're like, Oh, third grade easily. I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. So I knew that I knew we had in Bismarck a full contact football league, but it was for fifth and sixth graders. And I knew that I knew the guy that started a great guy and it was a great opportunity for kids, um, but they would only take a hundred because it's, it's hard to manage, right? It's, right. Hard, it's expensive, you know, with equipment and it's expensive with um, finding coaches and places to practice and all that good stuff. Uh, and you know what I did? I, I was like, I think there's a need. And I was actually talking to one of my good friends, you know, one night we're at his house. It was, it was like a, you know, like a, a social party. Right. And uh, his name's Bruce Schumacher. And I started talking to Bruce about it. And he was like, Hey, if you ever want to do that and start a third and fourth grade league and, and get it moving, I'd I, I love to help him be part of it. I'm like, you serious? I'm like, yeah. Two weeks later, we met again and like, Hey, let's do this. And we started working on it in, uh, it was like the early spring. Right. And I already knew that there was a need cause there was over 300 and some kids that were coming to the football camp. Right. right, right. So out of that 300, 300, there was like 120 third and fourth graders. And those are going to be fifth and six. And it'll well, right. so what had happened, Bruce and I met, we said, yeah, let's do this. We went to the bank and got a loan. Ooh, big time adult stuff. Well, yeah, I mean, because you had to buy all the equipment. Helmets aren't cheap. The oh, football you, had pads to per- cheap. you didn't make- We bought it all. Really? So the only thing that the kids had to pay for was the registration fee. And at that time, I, I don't know what it is right now, but at that time, I believe it was only $80. That's crazy. But they got, what was it, like six games? It was six games. And then at the last game, they got to play on uh, the big stadium with the Jumbotron going and all that. Oh, well, that's on the turf. Yes. So totally cool. It's always great seeing those little kids run around at ASU or Sun Devil Stadium at halftime playing a game. Well, and they they loved it. And and all the coaches were great and the volunteers and all that good stuff. And when we were putting that together, what was important to me uh, and Bruce, I was like, hey, you know, we really didn't keep score, right. you know, they did, but they didn't. Right. And, and we did, the biggest thing was about fundamentals. And the other thing was about, Hey, if we can get all these kids to put their pads on correctly and right. put their helmet on and snap it and then line up without the coach having to move them at, you know, on every snap on the last game, then we've won. And if they're walking away with smiles and, and knowing some techniques and being able to, you know, do some football, football skills. Right. And, uh, and we did, and it, and it was great and it was amazing. And we put the registration out when it was kind of nerve wracking. We put the registration out and advertised it. I think you might be addicted to this nerve wracking sort of stress of, you know, oh, will people <laughs> pay? Won't they pay? Where are we going to go? Are they going to sign up? Are they not going to sign up? 300 kids we had. Really? Yeah. 300 kids. Amazing. In the first, first go around. 
So long story. Go ahead. Nope. Go ahead. Long story short, 300 kids, third and fourth grade. Uh, the fifth and sixth grade then it expanded to because all those kids were going into the next league. They expanded to, and I think it was the second or third year then. Or no, it was the second year. In the second year, there was over, I think, just about 600 kids in Bismarck playing full contact football between third grade and sixth grade. I think that was long story long. Yeah, I think it was pretty amazing. <laughs> it is pretty amazing that you just started <laughs> it from nothing. So last week, Luke, you said that uh, the reason you got into insurance is you were sort of in between gigs and you were going in to make your insurance payment in American family. And, uh, the guy who was your agent pulled you aside and asked you if this is something you thought you wanted to do. Yeah. longtime family friend, uh, Terry Kraft. I was in there and, um, asking him in or actually I was in there and he asked me, he's like, Hey, what do you, what are you doing now? And all that kind of stuff. And I said, I didn't know I was in between a couple things and, uh, the football deal. And I was, in whether I was going to camps, be, <laughs> well, whether I was going to go back and coach college football or I was going to do the arena thing or just kind of, you know, just go ahead and do something else. Right. And uh, for me, it was important because I wanted to, you know, have a family and have kids and I want to be there, you know, be stable and be around. Yeah. Because the things that happened in my past, you know, because I know how quickly things can be taken Change. away from you. Right. You know, so I, it was important to me. And, uh, and, and he, if, a, if anyone knows you, you're like mega dad. So. <laughs> and that's probably because of that. Right. right. You know, uh, the he goes, hey, do you ever think about selling insurance? And I laugh like, <laughs> No, I mean, who thinks about selling insurance? Right? <laughs> Nobody. But then he goes, "Hey, you know, we've been talking about it, all that kind of stuff. Hey, would you ever? Would let's, you know, let's just let's go to dinner. Let's talk about it. I'll get the regional guy too, and we'll we'll see what what happens." Do you think there was a lot of thinking about insurance in this room, selling it? When when Cam was here? Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it's been great for him, right? Excellent for him. So that, that happened. We went to dinner and then they showed me like the business end of it. And it's like, Hey, it's kind of like, you know, you know, the, you know, the culture, you know how to lead people, you know, your work ethic, people all that like kind to of be stuff. around you. You get along well with people. You can network, you can talk, you can do all that. But then, well, and essentially they're like, you already put a business together with the youth football league and the football camps and you've already done this. Now let's show you how to do it at another level. Yeah. Now it's big boy stuff. It's a real, you know, real big time. Business. So it's kind of like football in a way the coaches took you to the next level with teaching you how to be um, more of an adult. If I want to put in the preparation time, be on time, do all of those things. And then you're taking that step to the business step where it's kind of similar, but you're kind of along the way, these mentors have sort of given you the building blocks to get where you are today. Well, and that's what it was. Terry, Terry craft. That's the guy, that's the gentleman that was actually my business, true business mentor where right. he taught me the steps and knew, you know, how to run a business, how to treat people on the business end of it. Um, yeah, I didn't know what a P and L was, right? right. You got to <laughs> learn all that stuff, right? <laughs> I knew what a four three D friends was, you know, but I didn't know what a P and L was and reading those and understanding, you know, profits lost and marketing and all that good stuff. And sat me down, took me under his wing for about a year and a half. And it was a great experience. And I still thank him today because there's no, no way I would be where I am today without him actually doing that for me and taking me under his wing. So every time I talk to him, I always say thank you because that was a massive step for me in my life at that time and you've been with 15 years and that's amazing so 15 years 15 years and i started in a little basement a little basement <laughs> yeah really? making calls making selling calls. insurance and that was up there in north dakota mm -hmm. so how'd you end up here so what had happened and here is in Phoenix, so right? Like around the corner. So. <laughs> right. So what had, what had happened? They brought me on an American family because the gentleman actually was going to retire within a year or two. Right. And they said, Hey, um, 
you can mentor under, under Terry. He'll teach you the ways, you know, teach you insurance, teach you the business, all that kind of stuff. And, and, uh, if you're really into it and you do this, this, and this, then possibly you could actually take over that, that business in North Dakota that where the gentleman was actually right. going to retire, which makes sense. Cause you're kind of at that point, a little bit, Mr. North Dakota, you've coached the arena football team. You played for the North Dakota state bison. bison. <laughs> you've been around, bison. right? So, you know, people, it would make a lot of sense. Well, it was an amazing and it, it was right. And it still is, was whatever you want to call it. An amazing opportunity for me. You know, I was still very young, right? but I knew and it was one of those, it wasn't a sprint, it's a marathon, but then all of a sudden possibly taking over one, especially was, there whoa, where, like, you know, a ton of people. Yeah. I mean, I was like, I'm in, you're the guy that got 300 kids to come out for full contact football for third graders or fifth grade, third and fourth grade. That's crazy. Like, yeah, I mean, it's like, I can't imagine me at third grade playing full contact football. I had a hard enough time at seventh grade knowing where my pads not were. getting too far into it. But hey, by the end of the season, those kids looked amazing. Yeah, they look great. They knew where to line up. They were tackling their hit. I'm like, down the come of those hits. I was like, whoa, hey, so we're all right. Hey. All right. So you so doing that and and then um, what had happened a year and a half came up and the gentleman did not uh, decide. Yeah, and my contract came up with the American family corporate. Oh, and they just said, yeah, there's other opportunities around there and around the country. Uh, would you like to look at some? And I'm like, yeah, I, I'm good to go. Yeah, I'm, I'm fine with that. So it's time to venture out in North Dakota finally, huh? Yep. There was an opportunity in Phoenix and I said, Hey, if I can go and have a business and take one over and, and, uh, work it and have a great opportunity where people from the Midwest eventually want to retire. Everybody from Illinois ends up in Phoenix and North Dakota. Yeah. There's and Minnesota, South Dakota. There's Wyoming, Wyoming, <laughs> Montana. Although do I, I don't know if I count because my parents are like fifth generation Arizona. I'm going to say you count because that's where you're born. Because Well, I was born in Idaho for okay, a, Idaho. A, 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 <laughs> a cup of coffee. And then my dad decided to move to Wyoming and practice dentistry because there was no state income tax. Oof. So I did 18 years there and I haven't been back. So that tells you how much I hate the cold. I'll call you Wyoming. You'll call me Wyoming. So I figured if I could move somewhere where everybody wanted to retire and start a business and start my family, you right. know, eventually I'd be way ahead of the game. So that's what happened. And here it doesn't are. hurt that like nine months out of the year, it was just absolutely beautiful here. And it's then gorgeous. Three months, I guess four and what we're at the end of August and it was one nineteen today. <laughs> uh, so, you know, that's a bit of a, um, change yeah so then you know here i mean it's been about four, 13 14 years right here in phoenix doing with the american family agency well it's been and, great and weather's well, a big thing right you can go in december you can go out and run around in shorts on christmas eve or whatever and uh, i couldn't do that in wyoming yeah and probably couldn't do that in north dakota and so. which leads into when i was here when we were here obviously my i got married all that kind of stuff shout out to kim <laughs> <laughs> I, I love Kim. She's like the biggest cheerleader ever. She gave you a hug today. She I was did. like, whoa. I, whoa, what's going hey, on? Hey, do, we, hey. do we hug nowadays? Easy. Is that how it easy. Goes? <laughs> so here's the, here's the thing. You and getting involved in American Family and meeting with other insurance agencies, you ran into a guy who was getting ready to retire who gave you some premium advice. Yeah. You know, he had been a longtime agent in the era Arizona in general, I was going to say Phoenix, but he's one of the largest ones at Phoenix. Right. Or no, excuse me, Arizona in general. And it had been doing it for 20, 30 years. And what he had uh, said to me was like, I love American fan and love, love the insurance deal. It's awesome. Right. He goes, but what's also nice about it is that you can also do, you could possibly do something else to another business. Cause you're an entrepreneur, right. you own the franchise. You're a small you business do, guy and yeah. you can have a side hustle or another small business. Right. You know? 
And I was and, like, whoa, that's cool. And you took that to heart because immediately you're thinking about your camps. Well, and- I'm thinking about I gave all those up, right? Right. So I left when I left North Dakota. I gave those I gave those up. I couldn't be a part of it anymore. Right. I said, hey, this is great. And the, I'm the moving Bruce on. took over the youth football league and right. and the uh, high school camps and the youth camps went to the university and they just ran with it, which is amazing. And it was great. And they're, they're still happening today, which is even better. That's awesome. So, yeah, but you thought as soon as you heard that, hey, I've got you're always thinking I've after, you know, sharing office space for, with you for two years, you've always got a um, thought that you're like, okay, what's the next big way I can make money? How can I make a, how can I add on to the festival or what can I add to make the experience better? Yeah. I don't know if it's always making money. It's always about what opportunities you out there. say that, but you're always thinking about what the next opportunity is. Yeah. If you see it more as an opportunity than what, what is out there, right? Because there's always a lack, right? And you that's seem where so it is. altruistic when you say that. <laughs> Come on now. Anyway, my wife comes. It's, I get home one night, and my wife goes, "Hey, we should start." This is back when Affliction was, you know, super popular and all that kind of stuff. And we, we should start an apparel company oh, that's you the know, tattoo shirt or like. Oh, I'm trying to think. What do they look like? They black what? and. The shirts. What are the shirts? No, like? like MMA shirts to anything that are like, you know, big and flashy like, and all that kind of stuff. I liked your look right there where you were like, I'm like, where are you going? Man? I'm just trying to describe. <laughs> you sort of said inflection. Is that what it was? Or no affliction? Affliction. Shirts. I was yeah. trying. You didn't to know what affliction shirt is. I did. You didn't own I, one. I no, I did not. I thought I saw you wear one the other no. day. <laughs> I get, oh, I might have a. <laughs> I might have an Opus X cigar shirt that's kind of modeled like that. There you go. It doesn't look good on me. So we, she came home and then all of a sudden said that. I'm like, oh yeah. And then another buddy that uh, actually runs a hospital in Montana. Yeah. That, uh, we called and said, yeah, that would be cool. So we did this thing. We called it, we call it rock your face apparel. Rock your face. Yeah. And it was really cool. You know, it, it did a, it did a lot of things and we did from extreme sport apparel, all that and good stuff. And it, and it was fun. It was great. Um, but the quick story on that, right? So are we rolling into roller derby? That's exactly where I'm trying to head here. All Jared. right. So <laughs> I think the better way for us to roll into roller derby is we had a, a murder mystery at my house. What was that a year ago? Probably. I don't know. We yeah. had so we had a murder mystery. Just so at my everybody house. knows, I have no clue what he's going oh. into now. So we had a murder mystery at my house. To do my wife's your face. really good at throwing a little bit of murder mysteries. We did seventies, and so when you show up, you roll in in this jacket <laughs> and this whole look, and I'm like, uh, okay, like I know where you're going. I didn't have, and you know. Uh, I don't really participate much in murder mystery. I'm the guy that, you know, hangs out with the other guys that don't want to participate, <laughs> but I did buy shoes with fish in them for that one, but they didn't show up anyways. So you show so up, you you're say. all like pro wrestling geared out and pro wrestling buttons and all this crazy stuff. And I'm like, what are we doing here? Where do you got this look? And you were like, Oh, this was when I, when I sold roller derby swag <laughs> and I'm like, I've known you eight years, Luke Schaefer, and you have never once talked to me about selling roller derby swag. So how did that ha- how did that happen? So at one time, you know, when we when we rolled into the our Rocket Face Apparel and we're selling it and looking for a good market to get into, right? Um, we ended up, yeah, we ended up. That? What's that? My bill. Oh. the mic. So we ended up at having a booth at a local roller derby, right? A match. 
That was in, the Colise- crazy. in the Coliseum. So, in the Coliseum in Phoenix. That's where the Suns used to play. Down at the Madhouse on McDowell. Yeah. So we roll into there. So what's roller derby? Explain it for the the, the people that might not know. Well, it's where there's derby. teams, right? And then they're in that big track, and it was banked roller derby, not the flat track. It was the real banked one and where they're rolling around, and then they're female roll- teams, right? Female teams, and, and they ladies kind of beat are up flying everywhere. Yeah, and they're trying to score points as there's a... All that good so stuff. So here's my question. Is it rigged or is it a little bit? No, WWF not at all. Or not at all. The old school one was, was for a show, right? For TV. So but these girls are real. out there just hitting each other and banging on. And what's amazing is a lot of these are foreign, are foreign, excuse, former athletes from softball players to basketball players to track athletes, all that. So, so they was, have their own personas and their own nicknames. and Yeah, that's part of the whole deal. But uh, these were athletes. These weren't just, you know, regular former athletes. These right. weren't just regular women coming on and, and doing roller derby. So right. they were great athletes. It was amazing. Um, anyway, we go, we roll into this thing and we throw out our apparel and start selling it and it starts selling like crazy. Really? Yeah. So what it ended up being was at one time in the roller derby world, we were one of the hottest apparel companies in the world. So you were the roller derby king of Arizona? The world. The world. I mean, we Come were on. shipping stuff to Europe, Russia. Russia? All over You're the place. You were in league with the roller derby Russian people? Yeah. I mean, it's a huge community. We were obviously we were, had a huge boost two years in a row at RollerCon, which RollerCon is the world. <laughs> What's RollerCon? RollerCon is the world's uh, roller derby convention in Vegas. So you were at the world's roller derby convention in Vegas. Oh, yeah. And everybody knew us. You were the big swag. You know, guys. the apparel, you know, right. is really cool. Do you have any apparel left? I know you gave me a button. I got, I got my jacket. That's it. I got my jacket. I think my wife has still a couple cool, cool shirts that she loved. The jacket's sweet. We need to get a picture of you in it for the uh, Facebook Oh, maybe. or for the Instagram. Maybe we'll have it's to check more it Instagram worthy. I think I'm not sure. Maybe shirtless Luke Schaefer with the jacket on. Nope. Probably not that. Not no. not that. So there's that. That's, there's the roller derby end of it. But so what happened one, with the roller derby? So we, kind of foreshadowing into the festival end of things. Um, I was actually uh, roller derby was actually a sideshow for country thunder here in Arizona. So if you don't know anything about country thunder is a big, how many day event here? Three day, huge country music festival That's with camping and probably music. one of the biggest ones in the U S um, it's an no, event. It's not, it's not that it's not one of the biggest, but it's up there for sure. And there's a, I think they get about 20,000 people right. a day, but it's music and camping in three days and all that good stuff. It's a country music. Festival. So you're out there at the roller derby. So I'm out there with them with the roller derby selling swag, selling our swag at country thunder Got some merch because there was people coming to watch them. Right. You know, during the uh, right. they got, pre-show, you got, you should have some roller derby at the country fest, maybe. Don't you have those connections? Jared always likes to get ahead of himself. I'm sorry. <laughs> the, uh, so the story is I'm out there with them. We're, we're selling swag like crazy. And then, you know, I'm, I'm literally at night. I'm like, whoa. Cause it was actually Jason Aldean was headlining on a Thursday night. Oh, on a Thursday, on a Thursday night. night. And I'm like, so whoa, this is awesome. Like who's the Saturday night guy. If he's on, I don't remember who it was. I think it was actually Blake Shelton was the Saturday night headline. So they go big. Yeah. Oh yeah. He's big. Right. And, uh, the, I'm sitting there, I'm there and I'm watching Jason Aldean and there's people everywhere and people having a great time. Like, man, this would be cool. And I literally was like, nothing like this happens in North Dakota. Right. Growing up in Wyoming, you go to And I mean, I, I guess Billings is the next closest place, but nothing really happened close when people have to travel far right and it's like why can't 
this happened in North Dakota. And that was years before this even came about. But So then the next major entrepreneurial thing is you kind of looked at mud runs. Yeah, I helped put on one of the largest, longest lasting mud runs in North Dakota. The first one ever. I helped put that on. And um, same thing. There was never anything. There was that, never one there, but they were all over the country, especially being here. There was one every single week. You could massive. You could go to one every single week mm-hmm. at, at that to. time when we were. And it was a big trendy that. thing. Everybody was doing it. They would just roll from city to city to city. Uh, except Bismarck or Fargo, huh? Well, right, because of population. Right. But yeah, so then uh, we put one on there, and and it is actually still going on right now. Well, you know? yeah, just went on, right? It just went on to a couple, like last month. So that's cool. So that's still going on. I've been out of that for about three years, almost four years with that. Because you decided that the bigger, longer lasting thing was a little drinking, a little camping, and a little music. Huh? Well, and that's the thing, right? So we knew, like you said, that that mud run is probably a fad and it would right. fade away. You know, like now it kind of has. I mean, it made it to TV. Well, and here in Phoenix, like now there's maybe one every yeah, three months, maybe maybe a handful a year, My, something like that cousin's wife is a former pole vaulter olympian nice and she does a lot of those races or ends up on tv she you know for the the spartan tv shows so that's, that's how cool. big that trend got yeah i but mean it was great music camping and drinking well it comes back to when i was selling swag out for the roller for the roller derby scene at country thunder and it was like man you know that why can't this happen in north dakota why can't north dakota have its own country music festival and then it was uh it was like, hey, I knew that the mud run. Obviously, we're seeing less and less runners as the years go, and I'm like, hey, this is kind of this is kind of Dwindling. fading, yeah. But the thing that wasn't fading was the party afterwards. The, that was good, a hundred percent. But I always knew that that area loves country music. Right. Everybody loves the party. Right. And the campers are crazy. You know, there's crazy campers all over in the Midwest. Right. And they travel far for many things. And and love to eat and hang out and have a good time. So that's never that's <laughs> never going to go out of style. That's you always thought. been awesome in history, right? Having fun, hanging out with people, listening to music, drinking, and eating. Right? Until so, twenty twenty came and just smacked us upside the head. That's another story, but right? that's one of those things where it was like, hey, why can't this happen? North Dakota doesn't have it. It needs one. We can do this. So in typical Luke Schaefer fashion, you're like, why not? <laughs> yeah. I know tons about putting on a concert. I can just start dialing up artists and they'll show up. Yeah, I knew absolutely nothing. So how would you do? Start I, calling. So this is the most amazing thing about you, I think, having been around you for a while, is that there's like this Luke Schaefer sort of, I'm not scared of anything. So most people, they'll be like, hey, that's a great idea, but they never take the next step to actually implementing that great idea or working on it. You're like, I think we should have a country thunder and or a country fest in North Dakota. Why not? I'm not afraid to start calling people and hearing them tell me no, or I don't know anything. And so you just jumped right into it. And lo and behold, in another typical Luke Schaefer manner, it's pieces sort of fell into place. <laughs> well, what, what was it that definitely mean? wasn't easy. No, <laughs> it never know? is. But that's the thing. I think that there is you, Right. So there's a little bit of the laugh. There's a little bit of the the personality. There is the football. I'm willing to work hard. Like I, oh, yeah. if I wanted, so, I'm going to do it. And then there is the business acumen that you picked up from the insurance. So when it comes around to, I'm going to do this, you're going to, you're willing to put the effort in and make a try. 
Well, and you're right. You know, when you look at all that stuff, when you're talking about it, it all comes back down to the fundamentals of what you have and what you're built off of, right? Right. But that's what it was. I started making calls and started. And just those have got to be crazy calls because you. What are you doing? <laughs> Call in Nashville. Hey, my name's Luke Schaefer. I'd like to have a country music festival in North Dakota, and they're like, Yeah, who? You're exactly right. But I was way smoother than that. <laughs> of course, you're way smoother than that. You're Luke Schaefer, buddy. No, I just started making calls and started doing research, and you know, even for, I knew there was a stage production but, crew in town, so I. I talked to them. The you know, that was a great thing. That was great. Yep. And we want to keep everything as local as possible. And that's your thing. Mm-hmm. Even though you're not in North Dakota anymore, you're still North Dakota. Oh, through and through. Right. Right. But then it was like, I didn't know anything about how to get artists or nothing like that. And right. I started Googling, you know, all the, you know, the artists, uh, Calling management them team hey. management. Yeah. And I was getting nowhere. Right. They're like, whatever. You're like, can Darius come out and click, play for 10 grand? Click, click, click. Yeah. Uh-huh. Message after message after message. And what it came down to was, uh, you know, a good friend of ours, our, one of our networking. Yeah. Guys. And I, I went to him and I said, Hey, I need a website for a country music festival. He did my website. He's like, what? And I'm like, yeah, I mean, you want to do it? And he's like, oh yeah, that'd be cool. And then he goes, hey, uh, how are you getting talent? I'm like, I have no idea. (laughs) I'm just going to make it up. He goes to me, a good friend of mine works in Nashville for a booking agency, WME. If anybody knows anything about that, Jared spilled the beans. That's the big one. Right. Those are the guys that represent the guys. So it literally is like, hey, I'll give him a call tomorrow. But once again, this is the Luke Schaefer, the hard work, the Luke, the luck. So that didn't happen in a day. That was like two weeks into it. Right. But he goes, hey, let me give him a call tomorrow. Or no, he goes, hey, I'll call him. Call him tomorrow. He said, yeah, give him a call, and he'll hook you up with uh, the regional uh, the re- regional booking uh, management there from WME. I'm like, sweet. I called him. He said, yeah, I'm hooking up with XYZ. Here's her number. Give her a call. And then the rest is history. And literally within maybe 30 to 60 days after that. And this, remember, this was like in December. December. And you're, you're thinking about it going off in July. Yeah, and actually, the first one went off in June. June. So, did you have any like plans on when you were going to go? Had you set a date in your mind with no artists, or did you just get the artist first and then set a date? So everything's scripted, as you know, right? You know, so the plan was already put out, and like, okay, we we can get this, and then we can launch in January, and we can do this, and we can artists announce, go pop, 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 and another great friend of ours, Christy. Did right. all the graphics for us and actually did the logo. She so did my logo. We started working on logos and she said, what do you want? It's like a buckle, a belt but buckle. And we wanted something with that had little, uh, like really attractive to the woman's eye and like really, really cool colors and all the way down to what will look good and what looks clean and we'll look what's It's great awesome. that it's scripted, but you still don't have talent. So, you know, you well, no, can, it was scripted in that. Like, okay, logo, website, right. you're going to get this. this. I'm we're going to get that, but I got to get talent to get there. Well, right? eventually we're going to get talent. Right? right. So I was like, we're going to get this and knowing that, and it can all be backed up. Right. So when we had the plan It's like, okay, well, if we don't have talent by this time, we can just launch it in February, whatever. You know, we can we can get this out. Right. And when it, literally after Todd introduced me to the folks from WME, like 30, 60 days later, we had had all of our lineup booked and done. So who was your big headline? It was a one day, one night show. It, we started with a one night. It was two nights camping, one day of country music. So who was the headliner? And before we jump into that, though, I wanted to see if it actually would work, right? So are people actually going to show up? Are they going to like it? Are they going to, is there going to be five people, will people there? Will people buy tickets? Yeah, will they? Right. Yeah. Will they buy them? And uh, our headliner ended up being Michael Ray. Okay. 
Michael Ray at I, that time he ended up having a number one song in the sequence of when I we booked no him. I have no idea who Michael Ray is. When we in the sequence from when sequence from when we booked him all the way up into the show, his his song went number one, which was an, which was is, awesome. Is this it another awesome. example of Luke Schaefer, Lucky the Irish? It just, just sort of tiny. rolls in. Just timing. And then we had uh, Kanan Smith, and then we had Aubrey Sellers, and then we had a bunch of local bands as well. So it went off great. You know, a bunch of people showed up, and it was like, whoa, this can work. And the camping was good. And people like, man, you need to keep doing this. We love it. Da 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 da. And here we are. We're, we were rolling into our fourth year into March here in this last summer. And so this show is where you started working with Ralphie? Um, Ralphie actually came into the show with the Mud Runs, actually. Oh, so yep. he started working the vending there and then uh, working with the food and all of that. And yeah. that's where you met him. Yeah, well, I knew Ralphie from from uh, competing against him in, in high school athletics. Yeah, but you're jumping the gun yourself, Luke Schaefer. That's next week. I'm but just actually, trying to, you're the intro guy. I'm just trying to, <laughs> I'm just trying to lead into you're, Ralphie. You're going to have to listen to that next episode. For so next episode, we're going to talk about Ralphie, how Luke and Ralphie met, and what how he became part of the North Dakota Country Fest. Let's hear that, baby, huh? Yeah. Yep, old Ralphie, episode four. He's going to have lots to say, and we're going to introduce the Ralphie into ND Country Fest. Brothers and sisters, I hear you asking yourself day after day, what am I going to have for lunch? Do I want another burger? No. Do I need another taco? No. Brothers and sisters, may I introduce you to Bruno's Pizza. The bread. Who knows pizza? 910 East Front Avenue online at brunosnd.com. Can I get a napkin? Can we get a napkin from Ralphie? We're flipping into Ralphie's top three. This is where we call him. He doesn't know what uh, we are going to ask him what the top three is, and then he's going to tell us what the top three items are that we give him by secret here, and let's see how he does by this secret? time around. Do we have? Let's a, call him. Get him on the line. I'm calling him right now. Ralph, you're, is he? Do is we he have awake? a briefcase? Is he sleeping? We we had a late start. Do I need a, oh, to turn up the volume? No, here? you're good. Is he there? Ralphie, hello. Sound check one. Hello, Ralphie. Welcome to the Fast Podcast. It's your time. It's your show. It's Ralphie's <laughs> top three. And Ralphie, I forgot to text you and say what's we're up, starting Luke? now. What's up, Jared? Nothing. We're having a good night. We just finished up the. Luke Schaefer Indie Country Fest. So next week you're going to be on the clock. Ooh, I'm excited. Yeah, me too. I won't have to ask all the questions. Luke can help me out. <laughs> <laughs> so Luke, what's the top three? Top three, Ralphie. Here we go. <laughs> top three concerts you've ever, ever, ever been to. Okay. Okay. I like it. Uh, <laughs> you like it? Okay. okay. We're working okay. with it. Okay. okay. So number three. Uh, I would go 2018 Indie Country Fest low cash concert. It's like two what? years ago. Through through you guys a little curveball there. Yeah. <laughs> What's Indie up Country with that? Fest. What made that so special? I I was going through uh my photos today and uh I actually you know, that's one of my favorite concerts, I guess. You, Chris, and where was it at? It? I think it was just all the hard work that the team put in. Uh, oh, it's this, low cash. Are you like, saying North Dakota thing. Country Fest low cash was yeah. your favorite? That's not even Luke's favorite. 
So that's my third. That's, that's your third, third favorite. Three. All right. Third. All okay. right. Yeah. So the Indie Country Fest, low cash. So what year was that of the Indie uh, Country Fest? 2018. Second year. That would have been the second year. Second yes. year. Okay. Yeah. All right. So that makes sense. So then number two. Um, Dustin Lynch, uh, Four Bears, uh, a few years ago. D Lynch makes the makes the top three. So how stoked are yeah. you that he's going to be playing on Saturday night this year? It's super excited. I think we've uh, we've had him in our sights for a while, and um, that concert was unbelievable at Four Bears. Me and my wife went, and we had like third row seats, and you know, it was was it a special we night. Were, we were fans. We had a couple drinks. <laughs> yeah, but now you get to be a big shot and actually have him play at your festival. So that's got to be the coolest thing ever. I would be excited to see it. <laughs> you sound it. <laughs> hit the hit the secret music, Jared, and we're gonna roll run number one. Hit number it. one. Hands down, Pearl Jam. Ooh, that does. I didn't so not see that coming. Yeah, Pearl Jam. Where'd Pearl you see Jam. him? Um, Missoula, Montana, Montana, Missoula. It was, it was, uh, right after college and it was a bunch of college friends from Montana. We listened to Pearl Jam all like every day. So it was, <laughs> it was one of those like, Jimmy Coken. <laughs> well, we made class it. today. <laughs> a little any better. Yeah. What's your favorite Pearl awesome. Jam song? Porch. Oh, that's pretty good. That's yeah. pretty good. How many encores do they do? You remember? Three of them. Three? Yeah, and my mom would have been excited because the first encore they did Last Kiss, and they turned around and played it to the. Uh, there was bleachers behind them. Oh wow! Like bunch of uh, goers were. Do we want to know why your mom backs. would be excited? Last Kiss is their favorite song. Wow. Oh, okay. The original. Chalk one off for Yvonne. All right. <laughs> yeah. I'm a little bit worried, knows for, your mom's name. Thanks for stopping by, Ralphie. It's always Whoa, a great pleasure. What, well, was what? Your, what was your number one concert? George Strait and Reba, U.S. Airways. U.S. Airways here? Mm-hmm. Right, how come? <laughs> George Strait? Well, that's true. He's the king, man. I do. I just, you should have just stopped it at George Strait. I do have a very <laughs> brief George Strait sort of... I guess uh, love affair, <laughs> maybe. Okay, maybe Romance. we should cut this off Romance. now. Let's cut well, this off now. Well, Ralphie, good night. Bye. We're talking. <laughs> I spent yeah, a yeah. I, I spent a week in Rocky Point with a bunch of guys that listened to a bunch of um, country music, and George Strait was pretty much all we listened to in Rocky Point for yeah, a week. He's the king, man. Right. So there's um, God. I wish I could. You know, someone should have told me. Or that. there's a there's there's one CD, and I can picture CD CD. I'm you a bit said old. CD. A little bit old. A little <laughs> bit old. However, there's one CD that I can just picture it, and we just listen to it over and over again with a tad of Keith Whitley. Wow. So, and uh, you know, I, I gotta I gotta give a little props to Keith Whitley for a guy that you know was singing <laughs> "I'm Over You" and then drinks himself to death is a pretty oh you know yeah. impressive sort of feat. What so. is your favorite concert? That's tough, dude. You know ever. me. I've been to uh, numerous mini drumkick Murphys. Uh, 
I will hold a special place in my heart for Motley Crue, Dr. Feelgood down at the Madhouse in <laughs> 1989. <laughs> I love that show. Mm. Um, I bet you did. I don't know. I think uh, there was a real big fish, a less than Jake show at the marquee that um, their ska. If you know anything about that, uh, you've been to the marquee circular. I love the marquee. Uh, I was right front row. Like you work my way up there. Uh, The lead singer, real big fish says everybody jump. And as I jump, I turned around the entire marquee was just jumping up and down did you lead it though that's what i want to know did you start it off no dude it starts off on its own i was right in the middle there are some good pictures of if you've ever been to one of those shows with me um i like to go to the front so (laughs) and i'm tall you're the six foot four guy i'm just enforcing everybody's like sit down if anybody if you take a picture from the stage you always um see your head oh yeah there's a there's I saw the Mighty Boston's play at the House of Blues in uh, L.A., and they hadn't played in a long time. And there is Jared's head just right. And you're wearing their T-shirt. I am. <laughs> Little Mighty Boston. Check that out on YouTube. But there's Jared right in the middle, just jamming out in the center. So, uh, so I, yeah, I think that's probably my favorite show. I've got some U2 at Red Rock, so I, I just have a lot of experience with going to shows well it was a good one ralphie good night have it's always a pleasure ditched us and he took off he hung up that's good he said guys i'm two hours behind i want to go to bed he's like i'm out of here so that was ralphie's top three hey this is where stage left where we are going to exit we get a little personal here all right we going you or me first you're always first jared so i guess i'm the content or the media consumer because you're yeah. out, you're out in the middle of nowhere looking at stars and i'm sitting in my pool watching tv i like to get out in the sticks yes. so uh two netflix recommendations uh into the night is a i don't know it's a six sort of um six episode series uh guy hijacks a plane tells everybody that they have to fly west because if they don't when the sun comes up they're all gonna die do you binge watch it uh yeah so here's the deal uh start watching the show because i'm just there's nothing else to watch right i've watched everything you can right now because you know COVID. and so i start watching the show it's dubbed so it's kind of like money heist if you've watched that show i love money Heist. It's, it's very much in that vein uh, start watching it six episodes later the same night I finished it because it was that good six episodes 3 30 a.m. It was a rough night and then there's Helsing uh, I haven't seen that uh, I guess I was in an apoc- apocalyptic mood Helsing's got some uh, the the Yellowstone caldera blows up so that means me and Kanye and everybody else that would be in Cody Wyoming is probably gone it blows up it creates vampires and there's one person that if you bite her uh she cures everybody but i'm only in like three episodes of that so i'll have to see how that goes so oh, wow yeah so content you're, content content no you're just mowing it down i am there's nothing else to watch Ooh. so you you went back camping we went back camping again up uh just shy of the great grand canyon of arizona me and the fam the kids love it it's always fun and they can get out and run around and scream and do all that good stuff Did you get any burgers and shakes no burgers and shakes. Did this you time. remember what the restaurant was? Yeah, it was the Roadkill Cafe. Okay, Roadkill Cafe in great Ash burgers, Fork. great shakes in Ash Fork. Yes, Ash Fork. That was uh, that was the weekend before. This weekend had a great time camping. Did you remember the s'mores? Everything was good. S'mores was there. Food was there. Everything good times were had. Wasn't that good? We woke up one morning. Actually, it was the last morning. Sunday morning, walked around camp a little bit, and uh, we saw some kitty tracks. You know, like meow, yeah, like no, no small no, cat, like, like well, 
Kitty tracks were hanging around. Mountain lions? Just one, probably. Just one, probably. <laughs> I'm not going camping with you. There's mountain lions out there. But good thing we got the dogs because the dogs are sniffing out way well before. You like keep saying, hey, why don't you come camping? You know, you don't tell me about the mountain lions, the snakes, and then the shower situation. I have never said, why don't you come camping? Because there's uh-huh. no internet. You wouldn't, you wouldn't would make die. it. You wouldn't make it. There's no Netflix. That's there's why no you go. You social need media. like two days away from your phone, right? Oh, yeah. You get out there. You saw the Milky Way. Did you see the comment the other day? Were you telling me that? No, I didn't see the comment. We saw the Milky Way and we can see satellites in the, in as they travel around. In the, I saw the International sky. Space Station a couple weeks ago sitting in my pool. All the planes sort of go east to west and this thing came north to south overhead. And I'm like, what's that? You're like, that's cool. And then I looked up. It is pretty cool. That is it, Jared. How can they find us? iTunes. Go and search for the Fest Podcast. Subscribe, rate, review, share, tell everybody about it. We're also on Spotify. We're at Google Podcasts, Anchor, Outcast, everywhere you get your podcasts, we're there. We're also on YouTube. Uh, so search for the Fest and on YouTube. We want you to smash all the buttons, right? We want to hit the notification button, the like button, the subscribe button, and leave a comment about how awesome we look with our new uh camera guys light jumper media production so how'd we do guys jake and trace oh hey <laughs> and we're then, gonna exit hold on quick jared you're always cutting me off i am quick Jeez. i want to give a quick shout out transitions to my, are huge in this industry my friend my nephew turns 18 this year this week right and so I want to wish him a happy birthday. I think it's 18. So, well, that should be in the pre-show. Well, it just came to me because <laughs> we were getting like 20 texts about his birthday on Friday. So, all right, let's get let's get the hell out of here. Exiting left. Here is to you. Here is to me. You know the rest, and we are out of here.